Previously on Gresh and Fourier. So they get arrogant. What they do is they don't respect another team's ability to come back. That's how stuck up they are. That's how conceited they are. To me, that's a dangerous mentality to have. Once you have somebody on the ground, you put your foot on their neck and you choke them out. Like, yeah. I don't so know if that, to me, that is that is arrogance. Hey, guys, 28 points. Woo! Let's, hey, alley Hey, guys, bad passes, so, stupid defense, lazy possessions. This is Gresh and Fourier. Doesn't go, and neither does the tap. The Celtics get free throws in the final second. And still, these two teams find their way to overtime. And the Cleveland Cavaliers, for the third time this year, survived the Celtics and beat them in overtime. That team got a lot of fighting on But so did the Celtics. For what they endured last night to come in here, build a 14-point lead, but ultimately you got to close it out. Andy Gresh. Rich Plus, a sharpshooter or two to be named later. In the midst of the storm, I think that was a valiant effort, but there's no more victories in this got to win games, period. Christian Fourier. Number one rumor I heard at the Combine, Tom Brady may not be done after all. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a couple people are like, just you, just hang on, just you wait. He just, look, like, let it play out. Let's see who wants what. And the one place that folks are saying keep an eye out for is Miami. I'm not leaving. Gresh and Fourier right now. I'm thinking the San Jose Sharks at uh, Winnipeg Jets. Minus the one and a half. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything about either one of those teams. I just know that I have the Midas touch, even with the loss. <laughs> On WEEI. Oh, I want to bet. You are looking live right now at the Auerbach Center right now on Gresham Fourier. Uh, Gresh, uh, Rich, uh, is, um, I don't know where Gresh is. What happened? With you? Parts he, unknown? Uh, he was flying back from uh, Las Vegas, sure. uh, missed his, uh, his flight, got canceled, sat on the plane for like four hours. Yeah. They canceled the flight, and now he's on his way back now. But I appreciate you sitting in today. No problem. So Rich yeah. is going to sit in for the next two hours as we are doing the two hours of the show live right here at the Arbeck Center for Shots for a Cure, where we try to earn $25,000 for the American Diabetes Association. And I will tell you, out of... Out of out of all the days to show up at uh, a Celtics facility, uh, yeah. this would be the I, I wouldn't call it uncomfortable because we are going to have to unpack a lot of I guess issues that is going on with this team. But I think we can do it in the most uh, polite way possible. Yeah, oh yeah, we'll know, be like, very kind. Obviously, I, I mean we'll because be yeah. obviously if you uh, if you were watching last night, and by the way, shots for a cure that starts at eleven fifteen. Um, line up is going to be out at eleven a.m. I will tell you who's going when, and we will give you all the rules. And if you want to watch the entire event, all you have to do is go to twitch.tv slash Boston W-E-E-I. You can actually look at Rich and I right now. We're actually doing um, breathing our heavy. show. It took like five shots. Uh, I'm, like, I'm exhausted. I, I, will, I will say, what, what, do you, what was your, when you first walked into this place, yeah. like, what, like, what, did you, what was going through your mind? I was like, maybe the Celtics will offer me a tryout. If they see me make enough shots, they'll okay. say, this guy. You made the first one. And that was probably it. Yeah, I, I'm, it's similar to golf. I golf once a year. My first tee shot, it looks like I golf all the time, and then that's it. The rest of them are bad. I haven't shot a basketball in probably five years. Step in, three, bury it. Should have yeah. walked off. Just like riding Should've a bike, you said. You said it just is. like riding, riding a bike. bike. <laughs> I think I missed everything else. So it's going to be a chore. And like you were saying, the one minute sounds like not a lot of time, 
But when you're just constantly shooting, shooting for a minute straight, and nobody doing this is in shape, right? Looking no. at the list of the shooters no, here. No, no. Nobody's uh, in shape, so it's going to be uh, – people are going to be gassed. I'm, I'm interested to see how people – you know, the strategy? What strategy they yeah. use to maximize their opportunities because – a minute is long. I did a dry run. Yeah. I was like, let me just see if I can do this. And I was like, but I was sprinting on my own. I couldn't get to 30 seconds. I got to 30 <laughs> seconds. I made two shots. Yeah, right. I made the free throw, which okay. we'll get to. Which, okay. should, be, which should be worth uh, I raised $10 the million. Dollars I raised the value yes. of the free throw shot to yeah. $500. Because obviously, we are realizing that free throws are important. Very important part it's of the game. First thing I tell yeah. my kids, mm -hmm. okay, as throws. far as you listen, free throws don't take them for granted. Mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, if you were stayed up last night, you saw that Celtics. Lost to the Cavs on the road uh, in overtime again, 118-114. Um, and obviously, I don't know if we should blame this game on Grant Williams because what happened is Grant Williams uh, was fouled with .8 seconds left on the clock. Okay? So tie game. Tie game. So it's 109-109. Yep. Okay? And you're thinking, holy crap. Uh, you're in the bonus. You get two shots no matter what. It's not a one-on-one. It's two shots automatically. Like one. But I feel like they iced them out. Here's how it sounded last night from the Cavs TV announcers, John Michael and Austin Carr. For the Celtic lead. Mm. Oh. A little tightness there. One more free throw remains for Williams. Eight-tenths of a second. Williams had a long look here as the Cavs are going to send Jared Allen into the ball game. A couple of substitutions. Joe Missoula as well got some bigger bodies out there for a potential rebound in Griffin and Cornette. And Williams has had to stand there at the line for a long time now with one more remaining. A lot of traffic in that lane before Williams finally has it again. Here we go. Williams for the tie. So that ended like the wrong way, but people, it's funny because, and you tell me, this is a symptom. I don't think this is the problem. Okay, so the game was still tied. You still have opportunity to win it in overtime. He should hit one out of two free throws to win the game with .8 seconds left. He's a Correct. professional basketball player, but fine, it happens. Yep. You let it go. But that really isn't getting as much play as, I think, other issues that are starting to kind of come up that people are talking about. Well, no, and I think anytime there's one situation like that that you can point to, it's like in any sport when there's a big lead and the lead disappears and then there's one thing at the end where you can still save and win the game and everybody blames you. It's like, well, you also had a 14-point lead to start the fourth quarter. So it's not just the free throws. Yeah, he, of course he's make the free throws. And also, by the way, uh, Donovan Mitchell, good gamesmanship by him, sort of chirping at Grant Williams a little bit, getting in his head. Grant with the I'm going to make quarter Low confidence. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna make them both. Uh, how rough. about that? So that I don't know how you bounce back. I don't know how you bounce back from that. Yeah, that's a part of it, and the substitution part is too. Like that's the best thing you can do to sort of ice the shooter. Now he misses the first one. That was in his own rhythm. That, that one. That that's is, the one you need to make. If, if you have, yeah. I mean, again, it's tied, right? It's one or nine. So the first one is obviously the most important. But also, when he says, "I'm gonna make both." Really, you almost don't even need to. I mean, I get, well, 0.8 seconds. I guess they could launch a three, but then the game's over anyway. They're not going to shoot a two, right? The Cavs aren't going to shoot two. So one and two points is really – It's irrelevant. No, it doesn't really matter, but that's frustrating. But, no, lo losing a 14-point lead and having it be three straight games where you've lost a huge lead and the shot selection's bad, the defense has been in and out, The uh, they gave up a million offensive rebounds. So there's really not one thing you can point to. Grant Williams is going to be sort of the scapegoat. And it also comes after a game where he was also late to go over to where he needed to be on the play uh, against the Knicks. 
So it's been two bad end-of-game situations for Grant Williams. So, so, but overall, when you look at this situation, it is this. It just it forces you to dig a little bit deeper. So, what I've noticed, um, Rich, mm-hmm. is that obviously there's what 17, 16 games left. The yep. end of the season, yep. everybody is trying. Everybody is is deciding. Okay, now we're now we're feeling our rhythm. Now we're getting in the flow. We have a seven game win streak. We have a six game win mm-hmm. streak. And more importantly, the teams that you're going to be uh, playing against all have confidence over you. The Knicks have confidence over you. The Cavs. Do you think the Cavs? Cavs have, have three any times problem? Time. When yeah. you look, and I would say this, like. They have no answer for Donovan Mitchell. No. Of the last four games that he's, he's played, so he's good. averaging 45 yeah. points a game. They have no answer for him. He does whatever the yeah. hell he wants. And more importantly, when it's crunch time, he literally just, I'm going I'm to win the it. game. No, he loves he just, it. He loves yeah. it. He's a great addition. I thought they were going to be maybe a year away, but they seem to be right there this year. Now, they're also one of those teams that are so much better at home than on the road. So maybe come playoff time, they'll be the team that's kind of feisty, but ultimately they don't go very far. But I love Mitchell. And then a guy like Evan Mobley had a really good game last night, but part of that is no Horford, no Time Lord. Now, I don't know how many games Time Lord's going to play. He's already missed a ton of games this year, and that's been one of the reasons why they're not as good defensively as they is were that how, Is that how you – if you – because like, I remember after losses, yep. okay, there was always almost like a, a mission, right? Okay, how do we make the guys feel better about mm-hmm. their predicament that they put themselves in? Well, you know what? Hey, well, you know what? Don't feel too bad. Well, this guy didn't play, and, you know, I got the call in late. And you almost yeah. excuse it away. They're all excuses, and you diminish but they're also it, true. Right, because after yeah. that, you, well, true, yeah. I, I know, but it seems to be like, okay, so if Rob was on the floor and Tatum was on the floor and Al was on the floor – this this was would not happen. Well, if they just lost the game, say they lost wire to wire, they lost by five. You'd say, all right, hey, you didn't have Tatum, you didn't have Time Lord, but they were up fourteen to start the fourth quarter. So at that point, the guys that you had available to you were good enough to win the game. And then for the third straight game, you choked away a huge lead. So that to me is, it, yeah, no Tatum, Horford, Williams is part of the story, but it's not like the game was lost when you jumped it up. Like they were, they were playing really well. That group, Brogdon was having a great game off the bench. Brown was really good. So those guys were playing really well. And then crunch time, this fell apart again. Well, see, okay, so uh, twenty-eight points to the Nets, uh, fourteen third-quarter lead uh, against the Knicks. Uh, you led the entire game last night. You had an eleven-point mm-hmm. lead with six minutes of regulation. Uh, and then, sure enough, uh, they tie it up, and they they end up winning the game. I have one simple question. I have one simple question for All the right. listeners, too, if you want to get in on this, because we're going to do basketball quick until 11 o'clock. So if you want to get in on this and answer this question, I'm going to let Keith go first. 617-779-7937. Why can't the Celtics hold a lead? Why can't they hold it? What is it about them, their DNA, their philosophy, their mindset, their coaching, whatever it is, Lately, yeah. they cannot hold the lead. Uh, you heard in the uh, in the intro, I called them arrogant, call them stuck up, yeah, conceded. Yeah. It feels hey, like they think we've the arrived way before it's over. Oh, so why can't yeah. they hold a lead? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is because teams in the NBA give up leads all the time. Like if you no, watch, if you watch other teams yeah. play, they always give up leads. But say you're up twenty, then the game is six, but then you still win the game. Right? What does it become? Not, what does it stop? I know it does, but it's even like in the, no, what, this the game against problem. the Nets. No, but this is a problem. This is different to me because it's also three straight games. So it's not like you have a oh, big sample size. No, it's like, hey, do better the next game. Like yeah. you need to not let that happen the next game. 
I do think part of it is last year they were just so good defensively, and then this year they're not. And I don't know if it's just because Time Lord hasn't played a lot. I don't know if they just played a little bit harder for the last coach than they do for this one. I think there's a whole bunch of different reasons that it could be, but they seem to let teams back into it. And then it comes back to, all right, now the game is close. It wasn't close, so we were kind of cruising for so long. Now all of a sudden it's five minutes or two minutes, and you got to play every possession matters. And – are they calling timeout? Are they not calling timeout? Are they drawing up a play? Or are they not drawing up a play? It seems to be too many inconsistencies, and like all of this has led to multiple double-digit leads blown. Okay, so what is wrong with the Celtics, and how can you fix it? I actually heard Joe Mazzula last night, post-game, actually explain what he thought the reason oh. was. Grash, and maybe we can get into that. Grash, oh my Chief. God, see that? I might as well call you Tim Benz. <laughs> hey, yeah, Tim, Tim Benz. that's how far back I was. That's very nice. All right, we'll do that next. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Gresham Fourier on WEEI. Well, I mean, if it gets worse, it needs to get worse, you know, well, for whatever reason. And so I don't uh, look to anything except what do we need to do every day, get to where we want to get to, everything um, that we're experiencing from a basketball standpoint for a reason. And as long as we learn from it and grow, we haven't learned about late game offensive rebounding yet and this might be the fifth or sixth loss and so that part pisses me off um other than that it's just part of it well that was joe Missoula last night post game after the loss to the Cavs on the road and is you know rich is it as simple as that i mean he sees, no, he no, sees the one thing no, that pisses him off is yeah. late game rebounding ah that's what pisses me off well, late game rebounding yeah but two days ago the only thing pissing him off was they didn't take enough threes you know so it seems like he's got a new thing all the time and so no i don't think it's now the late game rebounding was an issue that was, it, was it, yes. one of the problems yep but to say that like this kind of happens like not really like go back to the nets game they haven't blown a 28 point lead as a franchise in like 20 years or whatever so some of these are are unprecedented we know teams give up leads but then it's how they close out these games so many times we've questioned it he himself has had some issues right you go back to the uh not the last new york game but the new york game prior to that there was the miami game there was the milwaukee game there's been a bunch of them where you just wonder what he's doing late in games whether he's calling up plays not calling up plays timeouts and then once it happens this many times, don't you think it gets in their heads? Yes. You would have to think that. Yes, like, absolutely. Like, oh, here we go again. We're and up, no, we're up 20, it. and now we're up by two? Yes. Like, what is this? You know, when I played yeah. for the Seahawks, it was, it was not here we go again. It was yeah. it was same old Seahawks. That's what everyone so would say. Yeah. We have a, a great, a, a huge, a, a lot of talent. We got all these yeah. great players. Same old Seahawks. When, when the game mattered, we couldn't win it. And I do think that's There's starting a, to creep I, in now. I do, bad. and I don't yeah. think, and I think the free throws, even though, that that wasn't necessarily the reason why you yeah. lost because yeah. you still went in overtime and you had you know three free throws from Jalen Brown to win that game. I do think it forces you to look deeper as to what yeah. really oh, is yeah. going on. Yeah. And I would say, you know, my biggest issue, okay, my biggest concern when the season started, I thought this was a mature team. Yeah. I thought that they'd figure out how to win. I thought they had established roles. I think they identified who the real leaders were. You know, all the stuff that Ime did. Last year when they were like 18 and 21 and then they went on that run, they became a good team. Mm -hmm. They learned how to share the basketball. My biggest concern was always Joe Missoula. Always Joe Missoula. Just based on 34 years old. Yeah. He's inheriting he's inheriting a, a good team. Yeah. Right. And they didn't face a lot of adversity. Didn't for a face while. a lot of yeah. adversity. Didn't have to overcome anything. So what's harder? Building a culture on your own. Building it, right? Like what Eme did, because I feel yeah. like he built that culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or inheriting one that has already been established. What's tougher to do? I think building it is. I, I, 
now they both have their challenges to it. I think the, the, the second part, or like continuing one, it's more of a shelf life and how long you can do it. I always think, I mean, this is a long reference, but in the 90s, Jimmy Johnson built something, Barry Switzer inherited it, won a Super Bowl, yeah. but then the shelf life was over. You see it in college football all the time. A guy will win with other players, yeah. other other recruits. For like a year. But then it's like, oh, where are your guys? Like, I don't yeah. have any guys. Like, these were the guys that, that were already <laughs> here, and then you, you win that way. So I think for Ime Udoka to, at the, at the halfway point last year, to break through to those guys? Because think about it. Go back to last December. The team was not very good. They yeah. were a hard watch. We were talking about They're trading everybody. They were below 500. Yeah. They couldn't shoot. It was a mess. And then all of a sudden, they, they were able to turn things around completely. And so to inherit that team, before all the coaching change even happened, they were the favorite to win the whole thing. Yeah. So they were loaded with talent. And, and then they added of talent. And then they added it. And so Brad Stevens did an incredible job at bringing in Brogdon and not giving up anything for him. So I think it is harder to build it, but you're seeing right now that you know an 82 game season is a long season, and it's almost inverse of what it was a year ago. Like they played their best basketball, unfortunately, in the first half. The Celtics have this year, and now they're 10 and nine in their last 19 games, which would barely get you in the playoffs if you played it out that way. Yeah, yeah. So we're live at the Arbuck Center right now. Just to guy, uh, you know, Amy. I don't know if we could turn this around to kind of. Let the people see on yeah. on Twitch like, it's like what an open exactly gym going on right going now. On. Yeah, I feel like there. I'm the gym coach that says, yeah. "Hold the ball, yeah. hold the ball." You have a whistle? Right. No, I don't you're have a whistle. A, I probably should. If you want to see what's going on right now, the whole shots for a cure starts at uh, 11:15. Brian Scalabrini will be hosting along with uh, Rich Keefe uh, for all our shooters. The lineup is going to be announced at 11 o'clock. If you want to watch what's going on on Twitch, go to Twitch.tv/slash. Boston WEEI, if you want to call in and uh, you have some comments about the game last night, 617-779-7937. I will say this right now, Rich, based on yeah. everybody that is out there, right? Okay, give me your Hardo Award for the person who you think is trying the hardest right now. Uh, the Try Hard Award? Oh, it's easy. You're going Mego? Absolutely. Yeah. Mego yeah, is a Hardo Mego. scale of 10. Yeah. yeah. Hardo scale of 10, yeah. yes. Now, she's not She's not uh, happy about that. No. Who's, got the, who's got the worst shot out there right now? Uh, The worst shot? You know, it's not Mego. It's not Courtney. Nope. Nope. Uh, I've only seen Greg take a couple. Eh, not Greg. No, Greg... It's not good. It's Steve Dakota. It's Dakota. Oh, 100%. Easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. how. He, well, let me see you. No, shoot, it's Greg. The, no, it's it's definitely Dakota. No, Dakota's got the worst shot. Like Greg is it, all angry. We're not even talking about you. Dakota's. Greg. Can looks, someone feed Greg a sh- uh, basketball? Yeah. Yeah. It looks a little bit like. Remember when Bill Cartwright would shoot free throws for the early '90s Bulls? <laughs> Way up over his head, but there is no rotation. It's like if if, if Tim Wakefield was shooting, <laughs> it's like is, a knuckleball. Is what you're looking at here. I will say this: just a little bit. He's of advice. just launching. He just he just throws it he's up. Just, he doesn't even know. I think he closes his eyes. Wasn't he the one talking trash too? He was talking the most trash. So right now, Courtney, on the other hand, yeah, I would like just to give her a piece of advice. What's that? Um, what are you uh, gonna say? You're, you need to be live in the mid range area. You she, need oh, to I be think a mid range yeah. jump shot shooter. Yeah. That's what you need to do. That's where you could be your most efficient. Yeah, because the NBA three, it, it it's out there. It's a it hike. Far. Yeah. And I feel like they're all using up all their energy right now. I feel like they're all getting Oh, tired. they might be gassed. And Mego's might... already aggravated. <laughs> they might raise already, no money. Mego's <laughs> already aggravated that I moved out of the spots. And yeah. here she comes. What do you, what do you want to do? You're talking. She, now she's mad she because the shots, the shots aren't where they need to be. Where do you want them to be moved to? There's like 20. There's 500 spots. There's a million Mego, spots. You can move it where you want. You move no, one. Back. No, now the whole thing is getting questioned. You know, if we if we if we change the rules for one person, we have to change it. Change for it for everybody. everybody. Yeah, change it for everybody. I do like those two by the hoop there. That might be where I live a little bit. 
I'd be a hundred dollar like, one. Yeah, I'd be like Shaquille O'Neal. Just I'll down tell you there. What, I, I, if I, I George Mike and drill it, how many do you think that's you, I raise the money only, quick? It's only hundred bucks. <laughs> hundred bucks adds up bucks. quick though. If, if these so the thousand dollar threes is where you're going to get a lot of people. But if you hit one in a minute, two in a minute, that's going to I, I would make so, a lot of money. So Dana Barrows is going to be here. Dana Barrows. Oh, uh, I can't wait to watch. Uh, Dana you know, what shoot. is it? I don't know. He's like a Hall of Famer, right at BC. Uh, Played hoops locally. Should be. I mean, he's one of the best basketball players the state of Massachusetts ever had. And I would say. And when people think of Dana Barrows, he played in the 90s, early 2000s, right? Like yeah. 90-ish, something like that. Yeah, yeah, he had, um, a, he had an awesome year with the Sixers, but he was here. Yeah, he was in a bunch of spots. I looked up his three-point percentage, his career three-point percentage, and it was like uh, it was like 41 oh, points something. If he was playing today, yeah. he would make so much money, and he would just be on one of these teams, with, with in, in, whether he comes off the bench or even start, and he would just launch threes, and it would be more okay to shoot ten threes a game. And, yeah. he, and he would make four Well, especially if you play for the Celtics, because Missoula says, hey, I want you to shoot more threes. So Dana Barrows had a 14-year NBA career, five with the Celtics. So he's a career 41.1% three-point shooter. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I looked up Steph Curry just for context yeah. and perspective, yeah. okay? Who everybody says the it, great shooter of all time. Of all time, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in a career 42.7% three-point percentage. That is yeah. – I did not know Dana Barrows was that good of a oh, shooter. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, not, yes. So, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. So when I called him up, I said, listen, we, we suck. <laughs> yeah, we're please, we're please trying help to earn $25,000. Yeah. You know, can, and so I put these little $1,000 corner threes right here so he oh, can just go yeah. back and forth. Back I just want to watch him go around the world. I, I just watch him shoot. If he just goes, like, from this corner all the way to the wing to the top yeah. of the key all the way around then back again. And what do you think the odds are that anybody makes a half-court shot? Uh, slim. Although, how I many people we got in this? Ten? No, I'm so, like eight. Oh, eight. All right, we got eight people in it. Now, more Crash and Fourier. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Good morning, everybody. We apologize for any of the digital inconveniences and technical difficulties we just momentarily experienced from the Our Back Center, where Christian Fourier's Shots for a Cure was set to take place. It'll still be taking place, but unfortunately, we lost our internet. Uh, uh, unfortunately, Ken Laird forgot to pay the bills, so we're going to get on the boss man about that and see if we can get the company credit card on that momentarily, and hopefully we'll be able to rejoin Rich Keefe, Christian Fourier, Tommy Curran, Mego, Greg Hill, and a cast of thousands on the Shots for a Cure. Uh, it's your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens jumping in from the home set right here alongside Andy Hart, who will be joining me momentarily. Of course, you know us as the Six Rings guys, Fitzy and Hart from the weekends. We are the fill-in guys, and we're happy to jump in right now and hold down the fort until we get things fixed over at the Hour Back Center. I know the guys were just getting their grouse on a few minutes ago about the Celtics game last night. Uh, I was actually working with Rich Keefe last night on the Rich Keefe Show, and if you get a chance, give it a follow at Rich Keefe Show. Vote on his Top 64 March Madness Fictional Athletes Bracket. It's a good time. It's the buzz of the city right now. And we watched the end of that game as we wrapped up the program last night. And I, just like you, and like anyone else who bleeds green and is a diehard Celtics fan, am still, I'm not yet apoplectic about what happened. I don't, I don't even know if I can truly access my anger, my frustration, or my rage over what happened last night. And believe me, anyone right now within the sound of my voice who thinks that it's still too early to panic about the Celtics and that we need to calm down and you know pump the brakes on what's going on isn't really tuned into the reality of how the Celtics are performing because they're ten and they've been a mediocre team basically since January first, which of course last year is when they turned the entire operation around. Over their last nineteen, they are ten and nine. 
losers of their th- losers of three straight, blowing 28, 14, and 14-point leads in all of those games. Uh, these are all playoff teams that they're losing to right now. There is a major disconnect between coach and team. You've got issues all over the team. And what happened last night with Grant Williams, to me, clearly and simply uh, just inexcusable last night's loss on the road, a game that the Celtics needed in the worst way for a massive emotional pickup. Speaking of hopefully not saying, I'll make them both. Speaking of someone who's clutch when it comes down, Christian Fourier, are we reconnected, my guy? Oh, my Lord. If you could see the people scrambling over here at the Arbucks. I know what happened, though. What happened? Did I? Somebody somebody who didn't want to. And it appears and it appears as though we've lost them once again. I hope everyone enjoyed their Fourier and Keith cameo. Uh, I thought we actually had things going professional operation over here, folks. Top shelf as always. Um, This is what happens to the digital age. You know, you got a lot of people sending emails, a lot of people zooming. This happens all the time, right, Terp? All the time. All the time. All the time. This is what you have to expect when you do a remote broadcast and you're trying to raise money right around around the corner shooting. All, All that happened is somebody stepped on the power cord. So we're in good shape. It, that that's what's pro- that's exactly what happened, right? That's got it's got to be a power quarter. That's issue. what we're gonna go with. Uh, but yeah, uh, back to the back to the Celtics game last night. Like, I mean, that to me, like, as far as like a visual fro- freezing cold take or an old takes exposed, as as far as like a clip that may live in infamy. Right now, I'm afraid as the Celtics made their way into the season and up to last night, were still barely the betting favorite. They were plus. <clears throat> Excuse me, they were plus 310 heading into last night with the Bucks being plus 320. I wouldn't be surprised now that they lost to the Cavs 118-114 in overtime, a place the Celtics have spent way too much time recently. Way too much time in overtime. I wouldn't be surprised if as of this morning, with sports gambling going live in a mobile capacity this Friday, if the Milwaukee Bucks have in fact overtaken the Celtics as the gambling and prohibitive favorite to win the NBA championship this season. This was a game the Celtics needed in the worst way last night to stem the bleeding, to stop this streak of losing games where they have huge leads, good-sized leads, if not huge leads, to, 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 rally, to rally the troops and to prove that when they're without three starters, something they almost did, uh, it seems like they almost did, uh, it was a couple weeks ago, you know, and I know we're not supposed to celebrate moral victories around here. This is Boston. This is Title Town. We don't do moral victories here. What we do around these parts is we celebrate champions. We celebrate actual victories. We don't celebrate good job, good effort. That's not what we're all about. Well, a few weeks ago when the Celtics played the Milwaukee Bucks, that was the ultimate good job, good effort, moral victory worth celebrating because for three and a half quarters, the Celtics, without any of their starters, with guys like you know, with guys like Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon leading the charge, were able to push the Milwaukee Bucks once again to this unfortunately all too familiar place over time, and they came really close to beating them, and that was a major moral victory. Last night should have been an actual moral victory because to go on the road after you blow Jason Tatum's 25th birthday celebration, a 28-point lead on a Friday night against a reconfigured having recently traded off everybody Brooklyn Nets team you have 28 point lead in the second quarter and you and you flounder and you blow that lead that was beyond incomprehensible to me easily the worst loss of the season maybe the worst loss of the last couple of years and to me a bigger head scratcher than the last time they blew a 28 point lead that was a Saturday night affair 
nationally broadcast four years ago against the Clippers. You follow that up with Sunday's game, once again in prime time, where you would think the Celtics would be so motivated to turn things around, get it together, and get a big dub on national TV, on ESPN, and somehow against the team, the New York Knicks, they're now 0-3 against. They once again build a 14-point lead and blow it again. And they go back to overtime, and they lose it. And Emmanuel quickly scores 38 points. How many, how many 38, 40, and 44-point scorers are the Celtics going to give up this season? Where has the defense of Ime Udoka and last year's NBA Finals appearing Celtics gone? No idea. And so now you've gassed Tatum. Obviously, Big Al doesn't play the other side of back-to-backs. And Time Lord is a walking operation board at this point. It's a different portion of the operation board that lights up on any given night. So he's not going to play. So you go in severely undermanned against a team you've had a difficult time against this season, the Cleveland Cavaliers, currently sitting at the four seed. These are the teams, the Celtics, you can't just sort of write off like, I don't worry about it. They'll turn it on when it comes postseason. No, these are the teams that the Celtics need to tune up against. They need to show up against, need to play some defense against, and most importantly, when you have a chance to score a major moral victory and an actual victory, because all of a sudden, this big lead they had over the Milwaukee Bucks has shrank, and it shrank, and it fell down some more, and it shrank a little bit more, and now the Milwaukee Bucks have a two-game lead on the Celtics in the Eastern Conference for the top seed. But don't worry about the Celtics getting to the Eastern Conference Finals at this point to play Milwaukee, and where is Game 7 going to be? Is it going to be at the TD Garden, or is it going to be at the Ficor Center in Milwaukee? I'm not guaranteeing if the Celtics can't get out of the, the tailspin that they've been in, if they can't get out of the jet wash of the poor communication, the defensive breakdowns, and the inability to hit clutch shots, I can't guarantee you they're going to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals because last night they led box to wire the entire game. They led all the way without Tatum, without Horford, and without Time Lord. You had big nights from Jalen Brown. Once again, my guy, Malcolm Brogdon, stepping up, proving he is worthy of a starting spot anywhere in the NBA right now. Absolutely, he should be cruising towards sixth man of the year. You get this massive effort from the Celtics. They're up 92-78, heading into the fourth quarter against Cleveland. They've kept Spider Mitch and Garland and Mobley at bay, or at least enough to be able to cruise towards what looked like a huge victory and a nice turnaround for the Celtics. And what happens? The same script. The same failures, the same trappings. This isn't anomalous. This isn't freakish. This isn't fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. This is now officially a trend with the Celtics. Blowing big second half leads, having a difficult time putting away potential playoff matchups like the Knicks, like the Nets, and like the Cavs is now becoming more of the norm for Joe Missoula coaching first year for Joe Missoula's Boston Celtics. And the moment that right now I feel like we're all going to remember this team by should they not be able to turn it around over their final 17 games. As Joe Mazzulla said in the postgame last night, it's more about finding a way to be playing your best basketball as you head into the playoffs down the home stretch. Uh, hey, Joe, that's reality at the door. Uh, they just wanted to drop off a huge bag of um, no kidding because guess what? This is the home stretch, Joe. Your guys need to come up big right now. And you can't have guys like Grant Williams, who grouses at the refs, who's been arguing with Tatum, who hasn't known where he's supposed to be on the floor. You can't have guys like this saying, yeah, I want to get, you know, next year I'm looking to be paid $20 million a year. 
20, I'd pay Grant Williams $20 million right now to get the hell out of town. Two free throws with 0.8 seconds left on the road in Cleveland. All you have to do is hit one to secure a huge, humongous victory for the team that would stop the bleeding and prove that when the bench can step up and you get enough juice from the starters, even in the face of what had to be a massively demoralizing defeat Sunday night against the Knickerbockers, you get your you got your chartered plane leaving from Hanscom late at night. You know they're exhausted. You know they're playing on fumes. You know this is one of those like uh, classic Kevin Garnett like a real grit and balls kind of effort. It's gonna it's gonna be one of those like we'll have to find a way. Let's dig deep for a little spit and glue, some grit and balls, some Celtic pride. You're gonna have to like pull all of those elements together to forge a victory. And if they do. It's almost like we'll be able to sort of write off the game against the Knicks as, hey, they're better than people expected. And even without Jalen Brunson, they got the crazy night from quickly. And yeah, Al had the shot at the end, and it was a pretty good look more often than not, especially how hot he's been the second half of the season. He's been killing it from three. Thank God it wasn't Jason Tatum who took the shot from three in overtime because, as we learned yesterday, he's now statistically the worst overtime three-point shooter in the history of the National Basketball Association. Hey, we can write all these things off. Uh, they fell asleep at the wheel against the Nets. Hey, Cleveland plays them tough. Hey, the Knicks are better than we expected. Okay, we can work with all that. That'll be fine. And if they get that win against Cleveland, we write it all off. We turn things around. We head towards Wednesday night's game against Dame Lillard in Portland, feeling better about the team because the backups, the Fitzy and Hearts, if you will, always there at a pinch if you need them, Whoa. the Fitzy and Hearts of the Celtics rotation were able to step up and help him out. Andy, do we have you, my friend? I am here, and I am there capable of hitting free throws. <laughs> we're watching now live currently on the Twitch feed right now over at the Hourback Center uh, where Christian Fourier's Shots for a Cure is taking place. Everyone is warming up and getting ready for the shot of Palooza that will help WEEI make money as Christian Fourier continues to crusade to make money to help cure type 1 diabetes, donating big bucks today to the ADA. We watch them now work in their basketball and their shots. Unfortunately, we have had some internet issues. We're repositioning the feed now, so you don't have to look at my handsome mug on the Twitch feed, but rather we will be broadcasting to you over FM, of course, on the Odyssey app and WEEI.com. As you see, I believe that's Fourier with a... Uh, Pretty nice jump shot right there, working his shots, getting ready as well, Andy. But uh, I just, you know, I'm almost grateful because, you know, we just came fresh off recording a brand new Six Rings and Football Things podcast available later this afternoon on uh, Odyssey, uh, the Odyssey app, of course, Spotify, Apple Pods, and wherever you get awesome football talk. And I was ready to, I needed an opportunity to blow off some steam because the Celtics blew this game right at the end of my time with Rich last night on the Rich Keefe show. So I haven't had a chance to sort of just like go off on the Celtics. I'm I'm almost grateful now that we had technical difficulties because that gave me a chance to get last night's putrid performance down the stretch and yet another double-digit lead blown by the Celtics off my chest. So uh, if anything, this is uh, Celtic therapy right now with Fitzy and Hart on WEI. Cathartic, maybe? A little cathartic for you? Um, yeah, that game was, you know, I mentioned to this to you off air as we were uh, finishing up the Six Rings podcast that the two guys that have been in sort of the uh, crosshair spotlight of fan uh, annoyance over the second half of the season, Peyton Pritchard and Grant Williams, based on their desires for a trade, desires mm -hmm. for a $20 million contract, 
Well, Peyton Pritchard drove to the rim and had a chance to lay it in. He missed it. Oh, but don't worry. We're going to send Grant Williams to the free throw line where he's guaranteeing that he's going to hit both of them. Grant Williams needs to be sent to the phantom zone right now. If anyone is is, If anyone is as geeky as me or Rich Keefe, that's that's where Zod and everyone in Superman 1 was put in a glass album cover and sent to the far reaches of the universe. Andy, real quick, hold your thought. Um, I think we have mild bandwidth, if not a reasonable connection. Joining us right now, uh, we'll say it's on the Harbor One hotline because we always love giving a, giving a plug to our friends at the Harbor One. It's the one and only man for the cure himself, Foyer. Foyer, what's going on over there, guy? Well, uh, we've had a, a slight technical difficulties, but it looks like we figured it out. We'll be ready to go at 11 o'clock officially. Uh, well, you'll get the lineup of today's okay. shots for a cure, and then officially okay. start at 11.15. So I just... um. I took a dry run again. This is like my fourth time. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, that's an old man shot through. you got going there. By the way, there's no leg, and that is all upper body. You're right? Is that what it is? You think I should? There's bend no my legs. More? You're not bending no. your hips. You're not. You, Don't you're not think. engaging your hips. Oh, I think I'm, I'm all upper body. I've always been upper body, anyways. But I will tell you this: um, I suck. I'll tell you that right now. Um, uh, Tommy Kern is pretty damn good. He's I mean, money. He made at least five, six shots from the corner three with without even blinking an eye. Um, I might have to start calling him Tommy Chambers because he's he's got NBA talent. <laughs> he does. Listen, it's weird though. He he. If you tried to throw him a football or had him block somebody, he probably couldn't do it at all. But he can shoot the hell out of a basketball. I will I will give him that much. Well, he plays he all, the time. The he well, plays good, all the time. He's a good golfer too. I didn't know yeah. that. He said he would beat me left-handed. Do you think I should take him up on that? I mean, is uh, it no. like one of those like Princess Bride things where he's really? Left-handed? <laughs> he'll beat you that left-handed or right-handed. No, he'll beat you, so don't... My name is Tom E. Curran. You have insulted my jump shot. Prepare yeah. to die. I will tell you also, uh, uh, Dana Barrows is legit one of the best shooters I've ever seen in person, and he's he's not even trying. Dana uh, Barrows, the reason Hill. why they put light-up courts in my hometown, Braintree High, so people could play night basketball. Great guy, really? BC legend. Yep, he's awesome. Really? Yeah, Greg Hill is sitting right next to me. I don't know, he's... He doesn't have much to say. I think he's really just here for support. I don't think he really cares if he makes a basket or not. He's <laughs> Greg, just, Greg, he's, if you could see him right now, he's staring me down like we're about to fight. Okay, hey, can I just tell you right Twitch, now, Christian, if I can dip, if I can get over here, if I can why, dip why into the so mind of Greg Hill here? right now, Greg is Greg's thinking like on. this. Greg's, Greg's uh-oh. thinking, right uh oh, hey, challenge Hill accepted. Hillman, tell me if I'm wrong, but you hear like you hear like we have to make baskets, and you're like. Great. What basket do I have to have for lunch? Is it going to be chicken tenders or fried shrimp? I, I'm not. I mean, I want to do well because of the cause that's involved, but I'm not putting a lot of pressure on myself. Oh, I mean, I, I don't. Right? I mean, no you pressure, just watched huh? Grant Williams cost an NBA team a game because he couldn't hit from the dot at the free throw line. So what do you have to lose? Well, I just that's exa- the exact same thing that he did last night. I just did the Tommy Curran. I said, I'm going to make these two. Did I'm you? I'm going to make them both. <laughs> You're going to make a total. I think he said, I'm going to make a total of two. That's what he really meant to say. I'm going to make them both. Besides, Greg, you've got the big Greg Hill Foundation, Zach Brown thing going on. You're like, charity, please. I've already done Uh, my deed this month. Listen, uh, I feel like I'm, you know, I don't know if you saw the odds that Dakota did. And, you know, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm a a dark horse in this this campaign, but I might surprise some people. So I feel pretty good about it. Okay. I heard heard there's a lot of traffic heading over to the Encore to bet on you right now. (laughs) Not really. Um, And what a great job you've done. Other than than the the, the internet, right? I don't know if this goes, does this go unappreciated at the radio station? Everything you do for charity? Probably. Probably. But it's no big deal. You know, I mean, I appreciate it. I just want to bring the people together. I mean, people might not know that because of Christian, this radio station was nominated for a giant industry award. Wow. The Chris, you won. The, the Crystal. No, the Crystal. <laughs> no, we just got nominated. 
just got nominated for another one. Oh, You're not you the reason, Christian, that, that no. we got that Greg oh, won a Marconi. That, that wasn't you didn't you didn't win Greg a Marconi. I hate to say it. Oh. All right, so listen, guys, we gotta go. Listen, lineups he are he did though. Scal is coming up next. Right. Uh, the lineup right. is next. Officially shooting at 11:15. I'll let you guys take us out, and we'll see you guys on the other side. Good luck, Greg. Good Thanks, luck, guys. Christian. We'll be watching. Go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI if you would like to watch Dana Barros, Megan Ottolini, Greg Hill, Dakota from Swing Juice, the great Tom E. Curran, who I'm calling Tommy e. Chambers, and more. Make shots for a cure as Christian continues his crusade to defeat type 1 diabetes with a significant donation made today to the ADA. Filling in during technical difficulties and whenever you need us, it's Fitzy and Hart here on the Gresham Fourier program. Shots for a cure coming up next on WEEI.